Welcome to the Carter Report and thanks for joining us. Today we're going to talk about Dark Deeds of Antichrist Revealed and this is part two. In these presentations we are showing how the great Antichrist Church, the great apostate church, has actually tampered with the commandments of God. These presentations are going to tell you why Christians keep Sunday when the Bible tells you we ought to keep the Sabbath, the seventh day, which is Saturday. Voices. Voices. Voices from civilizations long silent are crying out. What is the meaning of these strange symbols of divine prophecies? John Carter explains these mysteries as he takes the living word to audiences around the world. Join John Carter in this international ministry as he presents amazing truths from the astounding world of the prophets in The Carter Report. This beast, the Bible says, has got ten horns. Rome has got ten horns, and the ten horns symbolize what? The ten kings that came out of Europe. Now notice verse 8. Let's really fly now. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one. Now please notice it in the Bible. Please look at the text, I ask you. There was another horn, a little one, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Now this is the great Antichrist, and we want to say it again tonight, folk. Last night and tonight, we're not talking about people. We want to make this very plain. God loves everybody, doesn't matter what religion he is, God loves everybody, but we are talking about a system that has put itself in the place of God. Is that plain? So the worst thing that we can do is to become narrow-minded sectarian people. You know that? We're not here to poke the finger of criticism at anybody. We are simply here to teach what the Bible teaches. Now notice verse 20, please. Verse 20 of the same chapter. Verse 20, and uh, Daniel says, I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head, that's the ten kingdoms, and about the other horn that came up before whom three of them fell, the horn that looked most more imposing than the others, and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Now verse 21 says, As I watched this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them, and so it's a persecuting king folk. And then if you come down, if you don't mind, to verse 24, and I want you to follow it, please see it in the Bible, verse 24. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. So these are the kings of Europe. Then it says, after them, after the kingdoms of Europe, another king will arise, different from the earlier ones, and he will subdue three kings. Now, very briefly, what we want to do in this little section, we're going to give you again now, just to sink it down into your minds, we're going to give you the identification marks of the biblical antichrist. Number one, we won't put them up on the blackboard. This king comes up in what part of the world? He comes up in Europe. Therefore, point one, he is a European king. He comes up among the ten horns. Number two, 
he comes up after the kingdoms are established. The kingdoms were established in 476, therefore Antichrist comes up as a world power around 500 AD. He overthrows a number of kings in Europe. How many kings? Three kings. Who were they? Heruli, the Vandals, the Ostrogoths. The Bible says this king is a different king and he is different because he is a religious king who sits in the temple of God. Remember that? Second Thessalonians 2, he, the Antichrist is not against God, he is in the place of God. This power, Second Thessalonians 2, he's different uh, because he's religious. The next point, point five, he's more imposing. He becomes the greatest king with the greatest prestige in the world. Number six, he is a persecuting king. Uh, he persecutes the people of God. I'll show you that in my pictures tonight. Now the pictures tonight are going to stun not some of you, but all of you. And you'll see the bloody horrors of the Inquisition done by the great church of the Dark Ages. Point seven, he rules for a time, times and half a time, three and a half years, 1260 days, Revelation 12, 6, verse 14, Daniel 7, 25, which equals 1260 prophetic days or 1260 years. And that goes, we saw last night, from 538 right through until 1798, when General Berthier, one of the generals of Napoleon Bonaparte, marched down into Rome and took the pontiff prisoner. Remember? That was point seven, the 1260 years. Point eight, the Antichrist receives the deadly wound, Revelation 13.3, that happened in 1798. Point nine, the Antichrist is a church that is seated, the Bible says, upon seven hills. Let's review that last point. Please come to Revelation 17. Revelation chapter 17. Now people who come to our meeting meetings tell us that these meetings are different to any other meetings they've been to. And the reason is this, folk. We believe with all our hearts in searching the Holy Scriptures. And that's why we say to you, please, that's why we beg you, bring a Bible. My friends, bring a Bible. If you've got a Bible at home, bring a Bible, read the Bible. The only person who doesn't want you to read the Bible tonight is the devil because he doesn't want his mask to be pulled away. And so when you come to these meetings, read the Bible, bring a Bible, read the Bible. Revelation 17 and verse 3. Then the, de then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman. Now what's the woman, folk? There are two women in the book of Revelation. One is the true church that keeps the commandments. The other is the antichrist church that changes the commandments. Don't forget it. That's important. Here's a woman, a church. A woman sitting on a scarlet beast. The beast represents the state. Here is a woman joined to the state. This is the coalition of church and state. And then it comes down to verse 
For the woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She is incredibly wealthy, a wealthy church. Verse 6, I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints. Here is a church that is wealthy and that persecutes. This is the church, the little horn. And then down to verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven, what does it say? Seven hills on which this church is sitting. And so here is a church sitting upon seven hills that is wealthy and that persecutes. And uh, verse 18 says, the last verse in this chapter. You know, folk, and still they're coming into this great theater. Uh, what a great, marvelous crowd. What a... What a wonderful people who are so interested in the truth. Verse 18, the woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Now, folk, tell it to me again. You tell it to me. I don't care what your religion is. God looks at our hearts. He doesn't look too much at our religion. God looks at our hearts. Listen, folk. Back in the days of the apostles, back in the days of Jesus, what was the city that was reigning over the kings of the earth? Please tell me, what was the city? Rome. And therefore, we discovered, and it, it's nothing that we have devised. It is what the Word of God says. We discovered last night that the Antichrist is the great system of apostate church religion. The great system of church and state that ruled all of Europe from 538 right through until 1798. That was the period of the Dark Ages when that great church butchered a hundred million of the saints of God. That great woman, my friend, that is seated upon the hill with, with seven hills, the great city of Rome. Rome it is. No doubt about it. Rome it is. No doubt about it. And you know, my beloved brother and sister, this was once taught by all the great churches. Anglicans, this was taught by the Church of England. If you go home and read the preface to the old King James Version, it says that that great power is the man of sin. The Church of England taught it. That's what John Wesley taught, the man who raised up the Methodist Church. That's what John Knox taught, the man who raised up the Presbyterian Church. That's what Martin Luther taught, that Roman Catholic priest who discovered the truth of righteousness by faith and the truth of the Antichrist. Every great church, every great church, every great preacher has taught it. People say... We don't hear it today. Shame upon the preachers. Because it's the truth. 
and truth is mighty and truth will prevail. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against his truth. And as the blacks sang in America, his truth is marching on glory. Hallelujah. That's what they sang. Hallelujah. The truth is marching on. You can hate the truth. You can despise the truth. You can persecute the truth, but you can't destroy the truth because the truth has the backing of Almighty God. And I want to tell you, if the day should come and they would say, we're going to stop him preaching that truth, we're going to silence his mouth, Almighty God. God would raise up another 100 preachers who would preach it stronger and better because the truth is marching on to glory. I'm glad to know I'm on the winning side. Don't you know that? Truth may get some kicks. It may be in obscurity. Truth may be on the scaffold. Error may be on the throne. But one day, the truth is going to triumph and Jesus Christ is going to rule the nations, every one of them. Every knee is going to bow. The knees are going to bow in Washington. Do you hear that? The knees are going to bow to Jesus in Washington. The knees are going to bow to Jesus in Moscow. The knees are going to bow to Jesus in Peking. The knees are going to bow to Jesus in Harare, Zimbabwe, in Sydney, and Melbourne, and New York. Every knee is going to bow to the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The truth is marching on. Doesn't that stir you up? I'd hate not to believe the truth. I would hate to be a bigoted man. I would hate to have scales over my eyes. I'd hate to walk out of this meeting tonight and say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Let me go back and get my hand, head down in the sand. Because error is going to go down to the pit of hell. Jesus said, I've said it before, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And if the Son will make you free, you will be free indeed. Now, there's no doubt about it. The Antichrist of Bible prophecy is the system of of church plus state that arose on the ruins of the Roman Empire that ruled for that great period of time that received the deadly wound in 1798 that is going to come back with all the power, malignity, deceit and wickedness of the Dark Ages. Can you see that folks? Are you agreed on that? Now, come to Daniel 7.25 
because now we're going to pull the mask right off. So help me God. Daniel 7:25. Now it's going to get interesting. I want to ask you folk before we read on, listen to me. Have I got your ears? Listen to me. How is a man saved? By grace. Through what? Through faith. Can he be saved by his works? No. But when a man is saved by grace through faith, ought he to keep the commandments of God? I want to see tonight in this huge auditorium packed with, I guess, getting up towards 5,000 people. The people sitting now up on the up on the, uh, the stairs. I want to ask you, let me see the hands of the people here tonight who believe with me in the Ten Commandments of Almighty God. Put up your hands. Put them up high. Put up your Bibles, too. Just make a big display. If you believe in the Ten Commandments, listen. Put your hands down. Let me tell you something. Every church, every great church is taught the perpetuity of the Ten Commandments. Let me tell you some of the churches. If you're an Anglican, the Anglican church upholds the Ten Commandments. The prayer book goes through the Ten Commandments and the priest says, uh, reads the Ten Commandments out and the congregation says, Lord have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. I know Anglican theology. The Anglican Church stands for the Ten Commandments. The Baptist Church stands for the Ten Commandments. The great evangelists all know about the Ten Commandments. Billy Graham stands for the Ten Commandments. The Presbyterian Church in its creeds stands for the Ten Commandments. The Lutherans stand for the Ten Commandments. There is not one mainstream evangelical church that does not stand for the Holy Ten Commandments. If any man tonight walks out of this meeting and says the Ten Commandments were done away with when Jesus died, that is a heresy that is called antinomianism. That is a lie. The Ten Commandments are eternal. You can't get away from the Ten Commandments. Who wants to get away from the Ten Commandments? God gave us His law because His law is a revelation of His love. But the Antichrist hates the Ten Commandments. And some of us have been led down the garden path with him. Look at Daniel 7, 25. Daniel 7, 25, page 1003. And now, as I start on this part, I want you folk to hold on to your seats because this is going to be just a little difficult for some of us. Daniel 7:25. You ready, dear hearts and gentle people? He will speak against the Most High. The Antichrist would say, as Leo said, we hold upon this earth the place of God Almighty. We can forgive your sins. He will speak against the Most High. Keep reading, it says... He will oppress his saints. He will persecute. He will damn them. He will burn them. He will get rid of all the preachers. He will oppress his saints. Now, 
here we come to the heart of his attacks against God. Read it out loud and try to change what? The set times. What times? The set times. Who set the times? God set them. The Antichrist, the great church of the Dark Ages, is going to try. He can't do it. Can't do it. But he's going to try. And most of us have helped him. We're going to see. He's going to try to change. Look at it, please. He's going to try. He's going to try to change the set times and what? The laws. I'm going to put it on the blackboard so that you and I don't think that somehow we made this up. Antichrist, the great apostate church is going to try he's going to try the Bible says to change the set times oh that's interesting and it says and laws and of course that refers to the laws of God because Antichrist is against the Christ of God he's against the people of God he's against the church of God he's against the times of God and he's against my friend he is against the laws of God he by changing the law of God would strike a mighty blow against God himself hear this you say, I don't believe, don't believe, don't believe that a church could get away with it. Don't believe that a church could get away with, with changing the set times and the laws. Don't believe it. You're going to believe it in a minute. God has got a law, and that law is summed up in the Ten Commandments. Dear friend, listen to this. Once in history, God Almighty came down upon Mount Sinai. He came down with fire. You listening up there? He came down with fire. He came down with a tempest. He came down with a whirlwind. He came down with glory. And God came down upon Mount Sinai and God spoke the Ten Commandments which are the foundation of every Christian civilization. When God came down, God spoke the commandments with his own mouth. Didn't do that with anything else. Then God got the tables of stone and God wrote the Ten Commandments with his own blessed finger. 
God's finger burned the law of God into the tables of stone. And God said to Moses, go and give it to the people. Give it to the people. Give it to the people. And when Jesus came, Jesus said, don't think that I've come to do away with this law. I haven't come to abolish the law. I've come to keep the law. I've come to fulfill the law of God. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. Jesus came to uphold the law of God. But the Bible says the great church, the Antichrist, didn't like it. And he said, I'm going to try to change it. And he was going to do it in such a way that most Christians would help him out. Now tonight I'm not here to help him out. I'm here by the grace of God to show you his pernicious act of rebellion against Almighty God. George, Let's have the law of God and let's have the law of the church. The law of God is found in every Bible, Exodus 20. And there is the law is found in the catechism. What we're going to do is have a little look and a little comparison. You know, dear folks, when I come to the law of God, I come with a sense of reverence. There are some people today who scorn the law. Those who scorn the law reflect the Antichrist. Look at the holy law of God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The second one, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The big one, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal. Which one do you want to throw away, friend? I don't want to throw any away, do you? The adulterer wants to get rid of the seventh one. The thief wants to get rid of the eighth one. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. Tonight I stand in respect and honor of the law of God. I stand for the law of God. Not ashamed for, of God's law, folk.